right, welcome to Creator Stories, brought to you by PreWrite.com. Today we are joined by Christian Altuve, Creative Director at Zero Degree Story, a video marketing agency based here in Chicago. Christian, how you doing? Hey, Trent. Good morning. Happy Friday. Nice. This is our first face-to-face. You know, I feel like I know you from LinkedIn, but it's fun to now yeah. we're face-to-face for the first time. It, we are face-to-face, and we'll lay out a quick agenda, and then we'll go into a story that's crazy about uh, Christian and I. Uh, so the agenda we're going to cover today is what is storytelling, uh, why sh- our audience should care about storytelling and their marketing, uh, and then finally, how to use storytelling uh, in your own marketing. So before we get into the agenda, quick story about me and Christian. Um, we met together through uh, Demand Gen Live, which is a uh, every Tuesday night with Gaetano Denardi and, and Chris Walker from Refine Labs. And we see we're both located in Chicago. We connect and we're talking a little bit. And then uh, Christian says, you're, oh, you're from Naperville. I grew up in Naperville. I go, oh, cool. Yeah, same here. Um, we live off of X Street and Y Street. And he's like, oh, so you live in the Tobin's old house. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I've, been, fact, I've been in your house, Trent. <laughs> yeah, which is, which is absolutely wild. Um, and when you think about how crazy like uh, the internet has become you know there there's some solace and like you connect with people that have literally been in your house previously so yeah anyway just to lead us off with the story there um so christian let's hear it i know webster's has their own uh dictionary definition of storytelling mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. what's the christian altuve definition of storytelling yeah so i first i'm gonna give a plug to my mentors at muse storytelling because everything that I'm going to share with you today, I've learned from them. Um, so, in I think in, in in their definition, it's it's simply a retelling of events told from a single perspective. Um, and I think that single perspective is super important because things that are not storytelling are statistics. Like there's 6.7 million people in Vietnam. That's a statistic. That's not a story. So, a story in my mind. I look for a single perspective to tell it from one person. And of course, other characters can get involved. But um, in the basic definition, a retelling of events from a single perspective. Awesome. Well, you bring up a really good point with the facts and statistics. And one thing that I think marketers, especially in the B2B space, really get confused is fact telling versus storytelling. There's a big difference there, right? So fact telling in, in our world means... Uh, features. It means yep. specs. It means dimensions. And those are all, all great. Like you need to know that kind of stuff, but what does it lack? It lacks context. And and we're of the opinion that story helps tie all that together through context. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, hundred percent. Right. So like, let's say, let's use a bicycle, for example, there's great features, it's got a comfy seat. It's got 21 speeds. It's got these Shimano brake pads. It's like, okay, cool. But like, what's the context? Um, it could be in the context of, hey, I'm someone who loves reading books at a library that's 10 miles away and I don't have a car. And so I'm looking for something that can take me there. I can enjoy the ride, feel the breeze in my hair so I can go read my books. That's one context. A whole different context is in, in the performance features and benefits. So I'm someone who wants to compete in a race. And so I, I'm going to care about different features and benefits within that context. So I think those are like really two contrasting elements that show why context matters. Yeah, absolutely. And, and speaking of context, uh, that's the whole point of marketing, right? Like you could have the craziest, most complex product or service that exists, but if nobody understands how to use it or how to benefit from that, 
then you're probably not going to have customers, right? Totally. So, so why should people care about storytelling as the vehicle to help deliver context to their audience? Yeah. So if you think about the value you're providing, it's, I mean, I think, sorry, I think the thing I get most excited about is we all, we're all having these amazing lived experiences and I love working with people who genuinely are passionate about what they do and they're making real impact on people's lives. And so by using like uh, an example is a customer story, a testimonial story by, you know, kind of showing the context of their life and what your product or service did for them. Uh, you can help, create a message and a story in a way that others, someone else is gonna be like, wow, I see myself in them too. And I want what they, what they acquired from X, Y, Z. Excellent. Excellent. Now can story, the, the skill of story, can it be learned or acquired or is it something that you're just born with? Both. I mean, we're all born with it. You know, we're humans. It's been in our DNA. It's, it is, I believe it is in, in our DNA, but it's, it may not come as natural for other people. And I think it comes through a lot of different formats. And so, um, I, I think it can be practiced and uh, there's frameworks out there. Well, my, I personally learned from you storytelling and I can talk a little bit more about their framework later, but then it's just repetition. It's like any creative muscle. You have to go out there and you have to practice. You have to try to see it everywhere. Um, and I think you can, you can do it in like everyday little occurrences. Like something I try to do is just think about when I reflect on my day, I try to, when I journal, I try to do it in a way where I'm retelling the events. And, I, and then I, I would say an easy way to get started isn't in chronological order, right? Mm -hmm. I think if you like, if you start there, you, you'll see how your day, no matter how boring it was, was actually a story. You can get a story out yeah. of that. Yeah. What do you tell the people that say, well, storytelling is rainbows and unicorns and it's uh, childhood stories and, and castles and princesses. What do you say to those people that kind of, uh, let's just say poo hoo the whole idea of storytelling before they even give it a shot? Yeah, um, I'll actually, this brings up a, a real client example where um, one of my clients, they have, uh, I'm not sure if I, I can name them, it's fine, Sub-Zero Wolf & Cope, they have kitchen, like luxury kitchen appliance, like retail showrooms all over the country. And one of their big initiatives was, hey, we, they don't really sell out of the retail store, they partner with dealers who sell their product. And so their whole challenge was, how do we show these dealers why it's important to create this relationship with our showrooms. And when I, and I propose, Hey, let's do a video project. Let's tell the story of one of your most successful dealers. Who's, you know, embraced the partnership of the Sub-Zero family. And now they're making a ton of sales. Their life is better. Well, when I proposed that their object, the first objection was, Oh, we want this person. We want that person. We want this person. And they, they wanted six people in this video. And I, I had to pause and, and, and ask them, you know, how do you think, that's going to impact the potency of the message when you have six people rather than just one person. Um, and I kind of pointed out that um, your audience is going to fail to actually build any sort of connection with a character. If they're only seeing them on the screen for 10 seconds and then they see another character and then they see another character, it's like you never have time to develop that connection with, with someone. So eventually we, we got on the same page that, we would move forward with just going with one character, telling the story from one perspective. So that way the, um, the other, the audience that we tell them, they're going to resonate and they're going to have an identity with that person as well. And how'd that campaign play out? Well, unfortunately COVID happened. And yeah. so uh, they had to let go of a lot of employees, showroom shut down. And so we never really got to see the fruition of that. Um, but I think it's a common example that's found in a lot of places whenever it's a, it's a very common objection I face in the industry is, 
hey, we want to make this video about our business. Let's get everyone in it because, you know, ego may be involved. But I think it's important to, um, and this is where the industry, I think, can change from a business perspective and us as filmmakers and video marketers to come to the alignment that um, to tell an effective message, it has to come from a single perspective. And there's a lot of science around character, like identity that I am not privy enough to speak to, but it's out there and available for anyone who wants to get geeky on the psychology. Awesome. So you, you brought up Muse and some of their methodologies for storytelling. Um, would you be comfortable getting into any of that in, in detail? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so a big component, um, they, have, they identify four pillars of a story. It's people, purpose, plot, and place. So people are the characters of the story, the people who uh, the audience can relate with. Um, the purpose is, you know, what's the takeaway? And that could be um, a new way of thinking, or it could be more commercialized and offering a product. Plot is the structure. It's the series of events. It's what keeps the audience engaged, just the beginning, the middle, and the end. And then place is where the story lives. It gives authenticity. It's, it's where, how you visually communicate what's happening. Awesome. And let's, let's bring that into like an example. So obviously we had the, the Sub-Zero Wolf uh, version, but can you tell me another one, uh, perhaps not yeah. a specific client, but how you're using a methodology like that to, to actually- Totally. Impact? Yeah. So the way that you, you use these four pillars is, um, actually I'll throw this back to you. What yeah. would be like in your mind, right? If we're thinking of these four pillars, what kind of a video comes to mind if we were leading with place first? Does anything come to mind? Yeah, uh, like for us, we want to help people who are, are creators like tell better stories, right? So I would envision someone who looks just like me sitting in my little office den in my house because I haven't seen the outside world in months, right? So like I'm going to put us in the place of like, yeah, the, the home office, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love that example. And I'll take it a step yeah. further um, yeah. to comment common video types that start with place are going to be travel vlogs, long form documentaries. It's always like, here's something that happened at this place in time. Um, on the contrary, you may come across videos or commercials that lead with purpose. And so when you lead with purpose, it's going to be like a commercial trying to sell you something, right? So um, that's a very common thing. Commercials are going to lead with purpose. Muse storytelling suggests to building the habit of always leading with people. No matter where, no matter if it's a commercial, a documentary, anything, lead with the people because the people is what you ultimately connect with at the beginning. And so that is what they recommend leading every story with the person and in their mind, a conflict. So we can get even more level of detail. Yeah. Yeah. Conflicts are those hooks that like really wrap us in. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're at least somewhat familiar with storytelling, right, you probably recognize there's usually a hero. There's usually some sort of villain there's usually some sort of problem that the hero has to overcome in order to face the villain. And then they have to overcome yeah. the villain. Right. And then they see the other side of it. What do you say to people when they're like, uh, you know, we don't have a hero. Like we sell printer and copier equipment, right? Like what's our, who's our hero? Who's our villain even? And, and what are we helping them try to overcome? So like using an example like that, um, even if you're in a boring industry, like how do you tell a story? Yeah, that's a, you know, those, uh, that's a really good challenge, right? And I think um, in, in that example, it could be really small, nuanced things. Like yeah. the villain itself may not be another person. Mm -hmm. um, but if you think about conflict, 
this is another muse storytelling approach. There's six universal conflicts, man versus himself, man versus nature, man versus machine, um, man versus spirit, um, and a couple others that I can't think of. But in this copywriter, it's a man versus a machine. That's like this machine yeah. is is your nemesis. It's it's right. getting jammed. It's it's printing ten pages. It's like and you just get frustrated with it. So um, I think if you look at it, those if you break it down to the elements, a person in a cubicle, uh, the conflict uh, or the enemy is the machine. A conflict could be I'm trying to print this report, but I keep getting scribbled lines and the machine gets jammed. Like there is a Within it, it's a story within a larger story. Yeah. Now, incidentally, The Office uh, television show has an episode with that where Pam devotes an entire day to getting the new copier set up, right? And, like, you you can feel that as a viewer. You can feel the frustration that she has. You can feel, like, just, like, the existential crisis that she's going through because she can't get this, this printer uh, set up. And then, finally, she overcomes it, and, and everyone's happy and so on and so forth. But even something mundane to go back to like yeah. your original points. When you look at your day to day, like you might not think you did anything special, but you can tell a story about it. You can, you can make it feel um, as if somebody else has lived in, in that moment in time or in that same scenario. And I think that totally. is uh, really what makes story so universal. Totally. Totally. I think that's where the practice comes to, right? Cause there's a lot of things we take for granted. We don't really see it as significant, but I think that's where if you practice, you know, what's a, a new way I can approach this, the story? Like, how can I, how can I take the same situation and maybe look at it at a different conflict? Like another example from one of Muse's projects is they were filming a story of this guy, Dave Jacka, who is a quadriplegic who flies planes. So he's someone who doesn't have any ability in his legs or arms, only from his neck up really, and maybe a little bit of his thumb movement and his remarkable story of how he's flying. And so within that, you can look, okay, um, within that story on the day they were filming, it was really stormy. And so they couldn't really, so that's an example of, Hey, there's a conflict versus nature or, um, or there could be a conflict versus man versus man or man versus society. So maybe David Jack is going to these social services and they tell him, no, you can't fly a plane. Maybe that's a conflict. The third one that could come out of it is David against himself, his own limiting beliefs that he doesn't think he can fly. So if you kind of, take a situation you can you can really identify multiple different conflicts but then you pick the strongest one that makes that character the strongest so at the end of the day they ended up they ended up discarding man versus nature man versus society and they thought that ultimately the strongest conflict was david jacka overcoming his own limiting beliefs to flying without really the limbs that we all have that's yeah that's an amazing example uh and an inspiring one and people should definitely check that one out too um but yeah that's that's huge. So when we talk about like bringing this back to like outside of the clouds and back to like pen to paper, right? You've yeah. mentioned a couple of things that you can do to, to practice or get better at, at the actual exercise of storytelling. And the first thing you mentioned is uh, journaling. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. I mean, I, um, it's just a daily practice. Like whenever I sit down in the morning, you know, I, I just try to write and free flow. And that could be whether I'm planning for the day Think, reflecting on my on my day yesterday but really I'm, I'm trying to like word for words you know write out how I approached the day what thoughts came up um, trying to practice writing more how I would talk and tell a story um, so that's just a, a fun daily practice um, I think uh, if we're talking about things we can do on a daily basis um, I think even if you kind of look up 
you know, story structure, beginning, middle, end, conflict resolution. And you just try to, even with bullet points, hey, this happened and this happened and this happened, you can start training yourself to see how things have a structure or lack of a structure. Um, sure. Another thing I really love to do, I love to reverse engineer videos, Trent. I like will get, I will get so detailed where I will watch a video I love and frame by frame, I'm taking notes of everything that they did. And so that's another practice I think, you know, that I try to do, like, how do they do this? And from there, you can start to see the shape that it takes. Awesome. Yeah, we had a lot of fun deconstructing a Monday.com pre-roll ad. And if you've ever been on YouTube, you've probably seen Monday.com. And you've probably seen Grammarly, right? And uh, we actually got to talk a little bit with the uh, creative shop put together uh, the ad. And we we're like, this is how we broke it down. And this is what we thought you guys were trying to accomplish. And we're like, yeah, this is, this is awesome. That's exactly what we were mm-hmm. trying to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that act of deconstructing uh, and then like publishing the deconstruction is often like such a revealing uh, practice. And I, yeah. I absolutely agree with you. That's a, a number, like, number one or number two thing you can do to, to get better at uh, storytelling. Yeah, I'm going to have to check those out. I saw some other cool movies yeah. on the pre-write website, too, that were yeah. deconstructed. Yeah. yeah, well, and I think that gets us to, like, a, an interesting point, too, like structure, right? We've talked a little bit about it, um, and we're of the opinion that structure uh, is really, like, constraint. And as, as like, free-flowing as creativity can be, sometimes what we really need is constraint to actually mm-hmm. become creative. And it's so mm-hmm. counterintuitive. Um, but I know like Common Craft, they are uh, an explainer video company, right? right? And they always look at their explainer videos through the lens of how long does it need to be? Uh, how many different scenes are we going to have? Um, how many uh, words are we going to be able to fit like within the script itself? And then that's how they actually develop the story, right? So I think we can all probably remember sitting in seventh grade writing class or English class and your teacher says, okay, it's free write time. And like half the class groans because like, oh my God, what are we going to talk about? And then the other half, uh, you know, just doodles on the paper, right? So um, creative constraints through structure, I think, is an interesting aspect uh, mm-hmm. to get like the beginner kind of indoctrinated into the storytelling process. What are your thoughts yeah. there? Yeah, I, I think um, I totally agree with that. And um, that's how I've learned is either just looking at mentors who created a framework and I just keep applying it. At the beginning, it's going to feel like you're imitating. And I think it is. I think ultimately you, you have to imitate someone else to then find your own style. I see that on YouTube all the time where people within a niche of YouTube creators, you see how these styles imprint on one another. But then over time, the more you practice, you start to differentiate and separate yourself. And then you develop your own style and way of doing things. Awesome. So Christian, we mentioned a couple of different types of businesses you work with. Um, who else do you typically serve? As a, as a video marketing agency. Yeah, so right now it's, it's actually primarily, uh, I've, I've, I look back on the last couple of years and a lot of my work, you know, in 2018 was a lot of sports and athletics. This last year actually has been working with a lot of organizations who are impacting our primary age group kids, like kids in elementary school. Mm-hmm. So it's been some nonprofits, it's been some education companies and also some uh, dance, dance clients. So it's, it's, I'm starting to see a theme where all my clients are serving the youth. Uh, and I'm starting to find a passion that and working with kids and, um, actually telling really uplifting and inspiring stories of, of, uh, of kids, you know, achieving their highest potential. So, um, that's something I think I'm gonna start looking out for more. Cool. Well, no better time to do that. Yeah. Uh, Christian, if people want to find out more about you and, and what you do or zero degree story, where can they find you? 
Yeah, I would suggest uh, starting on LinkedIn. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Otherwise, uh, if you want to check out more of what we do as a business in video marketing, you can go to zerodegreestory.com and, and connect with me there. There's links to chat with both or just to look at the work that I've got too. Awesome. Any parting uh, wisdom for our, our viewing audience and the, the theory of storytelling here? Yeah, I'd say, I would say just start practicing. Like I think, I think I, I just personally get a lot of fulfillment from it when, you know, I write something and I feel really good about it and I start seeing the fruits of my practice. And so whether you're a marketer or a filmmaker um, and you're like, you're like hungry to start learning at this kind of stuff, I just start practicing. And I suggest taking a look at Muse Storytelling. They have a lot of great resources too to get started um, from their blogs and free training. So just, uh, yeah, start building those muscles. Awesome. Christian, thanks again. Thanks so much, Trent. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Creator Stories brought to you by prewrite.com. If you want to learn more about Christian, again, zerodegreestory.com or find him on LinkedIn. That's Christian, K-R-I-S-T-I-A-N, Altuve, A-L-T-U-V-E. Christian Altuve from Zero Degree Story, creative director, uh, always dropping the knowledge bombs. And if you wanted to find out more about Christian, look him up and look up Zero Degree Story. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. It would mean the world to us. If you think you uh, have somebody in your network that would love to hear about Christian's story and what we're doing over here at uh, Content Stories, please let them know. Again, it would mean the world to us. So signing off till next time, this is Trent with Creator Stories brought to you by prewrite.com.